0: Need to arrange finance for your business? Talk to Linked Finance today. As an approved provider of low-cost business loans under the Government's COVID-19 Credit Guarantee Scheme, Linked Finance offers fast, unsecured loans of up to €250,000 with no personal guarantees required. Simple applications are lowest ever rates and a credit decision in just 24 hours. Keep your business moving forward. Search Linked Finance today. Linked Finance, supporting a Government of
1: Ireland initiative. Why people gotta be haters all the time? Y'all have, y'all, like, do y'all know the person who always has something negative to say? Like, they don't even do it on purpose. They just can't help it. It's just their go to. Why are you like this? Like, perfect example. I had a vacation a couple weeks ago and I booked a suite and I had a personal pool. And I was getting a ton of messages from people Yo, that's dope. Where is that? How'd you do it? Yo, this fly, yo, whatever, right? And my homegirl was like, Oh my God, do you know how many people have had sex in that pool, Mo? Like, <laughs> Okay, like wait, I mean I get it, but who says that? I mean, technically, you book any kind of a suite, resort, hotel, anywhere in the world. I don't care how many stars it is. Obviously, a million and three people have had sex where you about to sleep. But like, who says that? <laughs> why? Why was that the first thing you thought to say? Oh my God, Mo! Can you imagine? Like I didn't enjoy. The pool after that. If you with a group of people and you order a pizza, no one wants to deal with the person that's in the room like, yo, y'all know how many hands are going to be on this pizza? You got the guy that's smacking it, flipping it, rubbing it down. Whoa. like <laughs> You got the guy putting it in the box. Then the other guy's getting it and putting it in his little musty car. Like, no, no one who's doing that when domino's first started the little tracker thing i remember watching it because it used to give you step by step like play by play on your pizza and i remember one of the things it said was raul is checking your pizza for deliciousness and i thought to myself well just how in the hell you do that raul like i don't the only way i know how you check something for deliciousness is to taste it so did raul lick my pizza like how the hell does raul know if my pizza is delicious i was bothered by that so when the dude got to the door, I was like, I figured it was that was a fair question for me to ask. Like, I wanted to know why Mr. Raul knew how delicious my pizza was. So I asked him. I said, hey, yo, Raul. And he said, he looked at me like, he ain't know what I was talking about. And I, I said, Raul. And he said, my name Muhammad. And I just knew it was all bullshit from there. <laughs> why? <laughs> so where's Raul? He said, I don't know Raul. I said, Hi. okay, so if Raul checked it for deliciousness. Like who was in between you and Raul That you don't even know Raul And then I never enjoyed pizza again My point is Don't be a hater man People don't like haters Welcome to In The Moment There's a moment in everything And everything is a moment I talk about the comedy and it all If this is your first time Welcome to the funniest podcast you've never heard I'm your new favorite comedian Mo Mitch or your money back Shout out to all my regular listeners Episode 35 i'm back i took a week baby. off i know i know i know uh, I, I shouldn't be but i needed a mental week i did i had a lot going on i needed to clear my head if you are going through some things right now i'm with you it hey happens to the best of us but you get through it i i'm at a new place in life i realize that because when i go through dark times now Maturity has given me an opportunity to understand that dark times are not only necessary, but they bring out the best you. They're not the best of times to go through, but what they create, it's all it's always worth it. Pictures are pictures are created in the dark. Visions are created in the dark. I believe that most of the things that we see in the light are created in the dark. So I don't go through dark times anymore, feeling like it's the end of the world. I used to do that. Oh my 20s. Oh my Oh my god, life is over. Like, you know, <laughs> you think life is over for everything, don't you? You just always life is, "Oh my god, I got a D minus. Oh my god, I'm gonna die." Like, it's it's not that serious. Life is not over. You're gonna be okay. Sometime you got to go through something to get to something. All right, but now that I'm back, let's get down to business. I missed a few things. First of all, Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> this is an exhibition fight that's taking place in September. Um it's for charity and i think it's a part of mike tyson's new legends only league here's the thing i am not treating this like an exhibition fight okay we have we have not had sports and i need some kind of sport so for me this fight of the year all right this is i'm gonna watch this i'm not gonna lie i know they're both older i know y'all are thinking you gotta be kidding me but i'm watching it i'm watching it for a few different reasons for one I just always want to see Mike Tyson fight. I don't care. Mike Tyson could fight a tiger. I'd, I'd watch it, and I'd pay for it. I love Mike Tyson. Uh, that's my guy. He's another one of my childhood heroes. Mike was like the greatest thing ever when I was a kid. He was the most dangerous man on the planet, and I believe he still is. That's the thing. Mike has some rage in him. Mike has always been the kind of guy who was fueled and led by rage, and he's been a lot more calm, a lot more mature in his years now, And that's great, and I believe in that. But I also believe that that rage is in there somewhere, somewhere. Like, it doesn't just disappear. It's there. And I don't know that with gloves on and another man punching you with gloves on, that rage is not going to show itself. Mike is going to go old Mike. It's going to happen, and I want to be there to see it. And that's why my money is on, Mike. It's a lot of Roy Jones Jr. disrespect online. I've seen it. Y'all are clearly not boxing fans. I'm not even talking to y'all. Roy is never to be disrespected. Roy is a legend in his own right. And Roy is that guy. (laughs) And Roy is another reason I believe that it's actually going to turn into something because they're both very competitive. Like, if you know anything about these two fighters, they're extremely competitive. And Roy is one of the most competitive fighters ever. I don't I think they're both going to get in there and become the two old uncles that don't realize they're old. Like, they're going to become those two. And I don't know what's going to happen because neither of them want to be embarrassed and neither wants to lose regardless. I don't care if it's exhibition or it's a charity. Neither of them want to go out like that. So I think it's at some point it's going to become a fight. It may only be for 33 seconds because because that might be all they have in them. I mean, every clip I've seen of Mike Tyson has been incredible, but it's also been 15 seconds. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen an hour of Mike being Mike. So I don't know how long. The moment is going to be. But there will be a moment. And I don't even think Roy is completely prepared. I don't already heard Roy say, yo, he might bite me. And I'm going to bite him back. I don't even know why we're there. I don't even know why, why Why are you even thinking of something like that during an exhibition charity match. But that's where their mindsets are. Roy might bite him back. But Mike will bite him first. I'm going Mike. I'm going Mike. That's just how I feel. I believe that is like early September. I got Mike. I heard it here first. And whoever want to bet me we could bet and if we going to keep it here with the fighting I got will cuz y'all know Will and August going to fight at some point in August. I know August is young. I know he got a lot of R&B songs about, you know, being in the streets and all that, but I just feel like a man in Will Smith's position is going to find some kind of will, no pun, that he's not going to allow himself to lose a fight. Against August in that situation, I got Will because I know that's what I really wanted to know at the end of the day. Now, outside of that, I do wonder. Like, and this is all I'm gonna say about this Will and August thing because it's old. But I do wonder. There is a thing where, when your significant other has had some kind of entanglement with someone else, you typically hate hearing that name, whatever that name may be. Right? Like, anytime it comes up, it might trigger you and change your whole mood. For most people. You're not really going to hear that name a lot. It might be Gerald. I don't know why, but I just feel like at some point in life, some poor woman cheated on her husband with Gerald Levert. I don't know why I think that. I just do. So let's just say his name is Gerald, right? You're not going to hear Gerald a lot, so you ain't going to be triggered as much. But do y'all think every time Will Smith hears August, like he just going to kind of lose it a little bit? Because I feel like if I were him, August would be a trigger for me. For most people, it's a name. For Will, like, that's an entire month. How's he going to deal with next month? You can't even ask Will what today is. Yo, what's today? Yo, it's August. Oh, my God. My fault, Will. Just, <laughs> it's the 14th. <laughs> he never wants to hear August. I don't even think he's sending presents anymore to family members whose birthdays are in August. I can't celebrate you. And I'm not joking. I'm. De- <laughs> I, it may seem like I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. I've seen situations where people get triggered by names. For the rest of their life. Goff, like, I, I would hurt nobody ever got hurt by, like, a Joe. Because, damn. John. I mean, but August? Will don't want nothing to do with August. The whole month. And the crazy thing is Jada Pinkett's birthday is right off of August. It's September. So you got to come off of this traumatic month, and now I got to celebrate your birthday? Oh, man. Christmas is canceled, too. <laughs> Just because. That's a... I just, I feel for the man. I feel like he's never going to want to know anything about August. First time, and with my luck, the first time I meet Will, I'm going to be hype. He's going to be like, hey, come to my next show, man. When is it? August. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'll push it to September, man. I didn't mean. It just, the man The man hates an entire month. But for the record, but for the record, I heard a lot of people talk about how messy it was for August to release that single, Entanglement, and it was nasty it was he tried to capitalize on a moment i think it backfired on him it made him look corny i don't think people were really into it but never to forget let's remember ray j still has the nastiest song of all time i still believe i hit it first is the nastiest song of all time entanglements might come in strong second but i hit it first is still taking the crown for me never forget ray j i hit it first moving on DMX versus Snoop In the versus battle, it was classic I'm not going to stay here long, but it was classic uh, I told the DMX story last week So if you if you heard it, you know I'm a big DMX fan it was, it was nice to see X in this situation of where he looked healthy He looked happy And he was just, he ain't care nothing about Instagram I don't even think he knew what order his songs were going to be played He was just like, yo, play it all right, I remember this. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't think he cared. He was drinking Kool-Aid. I haven't heard somebody say, yo, where's my Kool-Aid? And I don't know how many years. He pulled out a pack of Laters, shared them with Snoop. Snoop was eating chicken wings and, and and sharing them with X. It was incredible, man. I was like, this is dope. I'm not going to lie, though. I, I did kind of laugh when X X looks like he might not be working out every day, Snoop looks like he's in a little better shape, he's in good shape and (laughs) it seemed like after every time X performed Snoop would want to ask him questions and DMX just started ad-libbing because he he couldn't put a sentence together, like, and Snoop wasn't picking up on, yo, he didn't have it like, he's tired, Snoop's like yeah man, so you know, like uh, when you did that back in the day, man, what did that feel like, he (sighs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) It don't matter what Snoop asked him. That was X had the same response. Yeah. Uh, and Snoop just kept asking questions. He can't breathe, Snoop. He can't breathe. But outside of that, it was a classic. I was happy to see it. Um, it 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 was. I don't really know who won. I think Snoop probably won. I didn't keep score. I am biased, but I didn't keep score. But it didn't really matter. It was a celebration on both ends. Uh, There was a few things that DMX said that you can tell he's not necessarily adjusted to the climate yet. Uh, I'm not going to repeat some of the things he said here. But if you watched it, then you know. Uh, Outside of that, it was a great moment for hip-hop. I don't think there was a winner there. I think the winner was hip-hop. That's truly what I believe. And I think the next versus battle is 2 Chains, Rick Ross, if you're interested. In other news, Megas finally spoke out. And this 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 is interesting because I kind of do believe this story. Um, if you're not familiar, Meg The Stallion is a rapper. She was hanging out with Tory Lanez, who is a singer, and something happened. They were hanging out with Kylie Jenner. Meg got shot. That's all we really know. But we pretty much know Tory Lanez did it at this point. So Tory shot Meg. Meg spoke about it. Everybody started taking their jokes back. As they should. Well, not everybody, but 50 tried it. Joe Budden apologized for his comments. Some people didn't care. Social media jokes on everything. Absolutely everything. Doesn't mean they should, but they do. If I were Meg, I, I wouldn't take it personally, but I do understand why she is. She also hasn't come out and told us directly what happened, which is another reason I don't think people are backing her or they weren't backing her as quickly as she felt like they should have. But I do understand her taking it personally If I got shot, I probably wouldn't be here for the jokes either So I get it My thing with Meg is like I really hope she's learned the lesson Because it's a blessing that she's still alive, obviously And God wanted her to receive a message And the message should have been very clear Whatever the message is for her That's as clear as it's ever gonna be So I hope she got it and if if you're wondering and you follow me closely, yes, I am upset that I actually made that video to kick it to her and she chose Tory Lanez. Yes. Yes, why did she choose that lane? I don't like I don't understand. I'm HOV. Hope. But I'm but but I can't make jokes because it's not funny. But yes, um there there's a lot of jokes to be made in the fact that Tory Lanez is Five nothing and shot her in both of her feet. I mean they they're there. I just want to let people know. Like I see the jokes. Why everybody why would he shoot her in her feet? He probably was aiming up. I mean, I but I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that because I can't. Because I like Mac. But I am glad that she's okay. And I'm I'm a little mad that she chose Tori. But I'm not gonna hate. I'm not gonna hate because it's it's much easier to avoid tory than it is august i'll probably never hear tory again but in a couple of days we have august all right so this is what i want to focus on for the most part in this hour i want to focus on mindset because i was reminded of one of my favorite tupac quotes i have a few but one of them when he said don't quote me y'all because i'm not looking at anything right now but i believe it was my thought patterns are so different that i either have to change the world or be changed by the world something to that extent and that really resonated with me from the moment I heard it. So much so that I had it on my wall at one point and I truly believe that. The people who are crazy enough to change the world are normally the people who do. If you are truly crazy enough to think you can change the world, You probably can, but there's a lot that comes with that, and there's a lot that comes with that mindset, and I've struggled with that. I know a lot of people have struggled with that, and I honestly believe that that's a lot of what Kanye is struggling with right now as well. So many people want to jump on him, and I understand why. I get it. With Kanye, I think a lot of things can be true. I do think that he's bipolar. I do think he also is not happy in his marriage. I do think that sometimes he can be a bit... Uh, arrogant and only care about himself and certain things that he does i do believe that he is also a genius like i actually think all of these things are true i think kanye's mind is a little different and he sees things that most people don't he observes things that most people don't and he doesn't always express himself in the best manner and i think that gets him into a lot of heat and it makes people think he's always trolling and he's always this But sometimes I really do just think Kanye is just going through something, like a lot of other people. He's just doing it from a position of being in a huge spotlight, and it's magnified. But that doesn't mean that he does things right all the time, but it, it does mean that he's still human. And I think there is something there, that some people just have these kind of minds that other people wouldn't necessarily understand. And I think a lot of times, just as we're easily impressed, we can also call something crazy just a little too fast. Because we don't understand it, doesn't necessarily mean it's crazy. Growing up, I always felt like that was a stigma with women. As a man, I always would hear men go, yo, she's crazy, she's crazy. And I, at one point in my life, I got caught up in that same routine of nah, she's, she's crazy. But a lot of times, not all the time, not all the time, but a lot of times, she ain't crazy. <laughs> she just love you. <laughs> And you acting stupid. (laughs) And it it goes the other way as well. I've heard women. I've I've seen women in situations of, yo, he's crazy. And he's not really crazy. He just really loves you. And you're wilding. Does that make people crazy? You might see it like that. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're playing with somebody feeling. Sometimes somebody just sees something a little different than you. Doesn't necessarily make them crazy. I don't think people should be as quick to label someone crazy, man, because there are I've had moments that if somebody only saw me in that moment or in another moment, they would think I was insane. But those were moments. None of us should be judged off of our moments. With that being said, Kanye has said and done things in the past that I wasn't very proud of at all, didn't agree with him. At all. In fact, I was very disappointed because I was a huge Kanye fan when Kanye first started. If you know Kanye's story, you know that Kanye was very, very close to his mom. And she sacrificed a lot in order to help him achieve his dreams. He gets this money. And the first thing he wants to do is take care of his mom, like most of us. And unfortunately, his mom goes in to get a little surgery done to enhance herself, whatever she wanted to do. She didn't make it. Kanye funded that I believe Kanye blamed himself for that I believe he does to this day as much as I love my mama I would I'm not sure I would ever get past that and I'm not saying this to make excuses for Kanye I'm just saying I believe I believe it has something to do with a lot of the things that have occurred with him his mom was his everything I couldn't imagine you finally get to where you finally get to where your dreams are becoming a reality. You're starting to get everything you ever asked for, and then you lose everything you ever had. Not a lot of us recover from that. I'm praying for Kanye. Money don't matter, fame don't matter, Fortune don't matter when you in that place. I'm praying for Kanye. And that's that. Mindset: everybody's mindset is different. As a virgo <laughs> Virgos sometimes have a tendency to think that the way they think is the only way that anyone should think. I'll be the first to admit it. If you know a Virgo, you probably just did one of those. Yes, don't do all that. Nobody asked you to do that. But I will admit that that uh, that was a process of growth for me. To really have to understand that because that's the way I see it doesn't mean that that's the way everyone sees it or that's the way you're supposed to see it. That was growth. I believe a part of having a good mindset is having an open mindset. I always believe I'm wrong. Because if I'm right, I'm right. Who cares? But if I'm wrong, then I have an opportunity to learn something. So there's a win in everything. There's a win and a loss, which means I'm never losing. Even when I'm losing, I'm winning. Ooh, I would be bars, but Jay-Z said something like that, I think, before me. But anyway, that's not the point. Let's talk about mindset and mindset amongst friends. I want to ask y'all this. How honest should you be with your friends? Like, how honest should friends be with each other? This was a conversation that came up between me and a few of my friends. And I've always been the friend. Like, they were making fun of me because I'm always the friend that's 100% honest. So they like, yo, it's times when I'm really just not going to ask Mo. Like, it, and I'm like, see, those are the times you know you don't want the truth. You don't want. And they're like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not going to deal with you. And then it was it's other friends that you kind of call when you need just to be picked up. Like, so how honest should you be with your friends? I believe 100%. I just can't imagine having a friendship with anyone where I don't keep it a buck with them. But I'm having an open mindset for people who feel different. And I'm just curious because this conversation kind of came about when we were discussing. If someone were to say on a scale of zero to 100, what percentage are you confident that they don't talk bad about you behind your back? And someone asked me that about my best friend. And I was like, honestly, I'm 80, 90, and they were like, why wouldn't it be 100? And I'm like, hey, everybody kind of talks shit about you. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a thing, you know, like nobody does. And then he was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. He's like, so there's nobody in your life that you're 100% sure has never had bad intentions behind your back. I'm like, no. He's like, wow, you really don't trust people, huh? No. Then he wanted to dig into that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But I was curious as to how other people felt. Like is talking bad about someone behind their back kind of like expected? Think about me, if you don't keep it real about me to my face, then I believe you keep it real about me somewhere else. And I personally am not okay with that. Like my friends, I'll talk shit to you to your face and compliment you behind your back. That's how I move. And I'm starting to wonder why more people don't move like that. Cause I had an incident recently where someone came to me and they said, you know, so-and-so had said this about you. And it reminded me of when this happened a few months ago. And I asked the person that approached me, I said, well, to be honest with you, I'm not really interested in what they said. I'm more interested as to why you let them say it. What'd you say? Oh, I just kind of let it happen to see if they, what else they were going to say. No, don't tell me what they said. Tell me why you allowed it. I would never allow someone to talk negatively about someone that's my friend. I, I don't know how friendships work anymore. Is that something that's expected or is it not? I've noticed, like I, I tweeted this the other day, that people tend to get mad at the people who are honest with them, but they never seem to get as mad with the people who lie to them. I I, I don't understand. I don't know what a friend is anymore. Do y'all have friends who you call like to vent and then they start venting before you? And they vent so much that like by the time they stop the conversation in <laughs> and now you still fucked up and don't have a friend anymore. Like <laughs> you, you didn't even help, man. You, you talked about you. You got to ask yourself this. When you call your friend, be honest with yourself, too. Don't lie. When you call your friend, do you call them to talk about them or do you call them to talk about you? You got to ask yourself because I realize there's two types of people in this world. There are people who call you to talk about you like like literally to see how you're doing and then there's people who call you to talk about them and i i've noticed that people will call you and be like yo man i'm just checking on you and i'll be like oh, i'm good bro and then they'll spend the next 15 minutes just talking about them and <laughs> and telling me how i can help them be better thems and i'm like nah no 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 i do what i thought you said you're checking on me though they're not checking Mm-mm. Here's what's funny to me everybody's not a villain but when you find a person that is a villain that you treat it like a superhero, it hurts so much that it'll make you believe that everybody is a villain. And, and here's the thing: i am starting to feel like we root for villains silently. I, I really do. I was thinking this the other day because I've always watched like a lot of investigate discovery, just crime stories, first 48, like all that. I'm into all that. I don't know why. It always happened. And I realized like it's always the villains. It's always the killers who get the movie. <laughs> Like, they always get the movie, the documentary. In a sense, they kind of get the awards. They they, they become famous. The victims, no one ever really knows. You hear about them in whatever that documentary is, you never hear about them again. In a weird way, society somewhat pays homage to the killers. And I'm not going to lie. I've found myself watching shows like... Not like the real life ones, but like just in the show. And I'm kind of rooting for the bad guy to get away. (laughs) They catch him. I'm like, oh, man, damn it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And I have to catch myself like, Mo, what are you doing? He's a criminal. No, don't do that. No, what are you doing? But I'm like, oh, get away, man. Now don't go over there. Oh, no, they over there. They're going to see you. I don't know why I find myself doing this. I've done this. I, I used to watch this show called I Almost Got Away With It. And. It's cold, I almost got away with it for a reason because they never actually get away with it. But I would watch it and then at the end, I was still like sad. I was like, oh, he should have never talked to that girl. Damn. See? Oh, don't buy the fur coat. Like, I that's and first of all, you stupid, because you know they didn't get away with it. I do that with unsolved mysteries too. I don't know why I do this. Y'all, I get so sad at the end of Unsolved Mysteries. I'm like, oh man damn they don't even know who did it this they gonna make me watch this this whole hour and they don't even, they ain't even catch nobody like this is trash it's called unsolved mysteries fam like you knew this shit was coming but i'm upset now i'm googling trying to solve the case myself <laughs> i'm googling names of the people here now nah, let me find out this address and see where he was at like what do i don't even have the equipment but i'm trying to solve it Something is wrong with me, but that's not my point here Why does society seem to root for the villain? I even realized there's a somewhat of a science to being the villain in a relationship I was talking to a friend the other day And she was telling me about this relationship that she's in And she was pretty much kind of telling me like, you know I like him a lot, he likes me a lot, it's going really well But I'm trying to back out and ease up a little bit and i'm like why she's like because i just don't i feel like he's got too much of the power so i'm like oh so you want to be the person who loves but loves less in the relationship she's like yeah see you get it i'm like no i didn't say that <laughs> I, <laughs> I i see what you're saying but I'm, I'm not saying i get it i don't like why not if it, if it feels good jump up in there what's the problem and she's like nah and i and i do get the concept of being afraid of being hurt right like that's i feel like that's the thing most people are not afraid to love you're just afraid of being hurt so but if it's been a significant amount of time and a person is proving who they are over and over again i mean at some point you might as well get in the water you're sitting on the side of the water with your bathing suit for three years putting your feet in the damn water at some point jump in the water if jaws was in the water we'd have saw him by now that shark was never dope enough to hide like we would have seen jaws jump in the water. There, there there's something to being the person in the relationship that doesn't love as much as the other person. I didn't realize this, but in talking to people, that's a thing. You kind of want to be the person that's like feels like you're just in a little more of control. And I I've learned a lot about relationships in my last relationship. Um, first of all, let's let's start at the beginning. I got a I got a homeboy who's like a dating and relationship analyst, and he was talking about how he thinks the expectations of a first date or a second date should change because a lot of times a guy will spend a certain amount of money on a first date or second date just to never go on a third date or a fourth date and is that worth it to continue to do that if you're a guy who dates a lot and so he feels like there should be nothing wrong with going to starbucks for a first date and then to a park for a second date or whatever you have to do to where you're not spending a lot of money and then some women were like yeah i'm cool with that and other women were like nah you gotta like show me it's even worth my time I can understand why the men want to do it wholeheartedly. I can also understand why the women may say, well, I'm not going on a date with you if you if, if I don't feel like you're worth my time because I feel like I deserve more. Okay, I ain't going to attack you for that. Shout out to you. Here's my thing, though. I got a, a homegirl who has a guy saved in her phone right now as food. <laughs> this, is, this is a real thing. It was a group of us chilling the other day And her phone went off Sitting on the table, it goes off And big as day, it says food And I just thought to myself Well I ain't never seen a restaurant call you Like that's, damn Like how you get that kind of service? Like they know when you hungry? And she just kind of laughed She's like, you stupid And then she answers the phone And she's like, hello? And I hear like a deep ass voice go What's up baby, what you doing? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute That's food? Who's why why is his nickname food? And she and, and I and so she talks to him and she's, "Yo, I'm gonna call you back." And she hangs up. And then I'm looking at her and she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, why is fam's nickname food?" And she's like, "No, that's not his nickname. Well, what was he stored in your phone like that cuz? I only go out with him when I'm hungry." <laughs> I said, "Hold up, man." Deep voice that just, "Hey, baby Jew." It's just for food. She's like, yeah, hey, Mo, you know how I go? I don't know how I go. Why do people always tell me I know how I go when I don't know how I go? It's just like the people who be like, hey, man, you know how you are. No, no, I don't. I don't know how I am. <laughs> tell me. Why don't you tell me? I said, wait, so you only call them when you're hungry? Yeah. So that's why you ain't like talk to them because you already eaten? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So all I'm saying is, man, nobody wants to be that guy. Men don't want to be in your phone stored as food, so I can understand why you would want to avoid that. Cause that way, if I'm getting stored in your phone as anything, it's coffee. That's what you storing me as. Last time I checked, coffee under ten dollars. You could be Starbucks. I don't care if you mess my name up, long as the coffee good. Like that's it. That's it. Not gonna store me a steak and lobster. So do women have to earn it? Do women have to earn the big dates or do men have to earn the woman's time? I don't know. I can see that going either way. I just want to be stored as coffee. That's it. But I've learned that relationships are a lot like road trips in a sense because you're going to have to pull over eventually. (laughs) You're going to have to pull over and get some gas, man. You're going to have to realize where you are and, and how much more gas you need to get where you want to go. There's definitely... A destination but there's also some maintenance that needs to occur for you to get there and you can hold off on it for as long as you may feel you need to but eventually your ass gonna have to pull over whether you want to or not or you're not gonna get where you're going and relationships are kinda like that it's also more important to cater to the feelings of your partner than it is to be right that's that's also I think key if you're in a relationship and you want it to be a healthy one Sometimes I don't matter of fact I don't know that it's ever important to be right. It's just never as important to be right as it is to just understand like where your partner is and how your partner feels. That's why they're your partner. If you don't understand that, I don't know how far you're going to go with being happy or even seeing your partner happy. So there's that. Sometimes your worst relationships teach you the most. And my last relationship was not my worst at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I realized in that one, a lot of what I already knew how to deal with came from being in the toxic relationship that I was in in the past. And that goes back to what I was speaking about as far as dark times. It, It's all for a reason. It all plays a part. And you also have to heal before you speak on pretty much anything. So that you're not listening through the filter of your wounds. That was something I said on the Bird Show that I believe is true i'm just trying to give y'all little tidbits of what i've learned in relationships so that you can use it in yours something else i learned about relationships i learned this a long time ago the person who always thinks the other person is cheating is usually cheating <laughs> that's the thing like if you i didn't realize this then but way back uh i was in a bad relationship and i never understood why she thought i was cheating so much until i realized that it was because she was cheating <laughs> and i realized like that's why I got so many friends that are like, this is back then, not now. But I got so many friends that back then was like, yo, I swear I think she's cheating on me. And I'm like, fam, but you you literally, the girl that you cheating on her with is right next to you. And he's like, Yeah, but I know, but still, dude. Like, what <laughs> Wait, what? I think the person that's cheating always thinks that the other person is cheating. I wasn't cheating on my ex, but she swore I was. And I remember one time I went and sat on the couch and I like, I I just, as soon as I sat down, like, I could feel something kind of hit me on my, like, on my lower back. And I kind of jumped, like, a little bit. What what the? And I looked, and it was a big ass iPad, and it was recording. (laughs) She, I don't know why she thought this would work, but she had this big, doofy ass iPad, like, the biggest one you could buy at the time. And it was, she stuck it in the back of the couch and just, I guess, left it on record for whatever the battery was at that time, which was probably two hours. And I went to sit down and it just hit me in the back, like, bow. And I was like, all right, man. And it was the weirdest thing ever at that point. But yeah, and then um, she she somehow thought she was going to catch me cheating that way. And I I'm so petty that I went to put it back. And I was actually going to, like, do a prank and pretend like I was cheating, but the battery died, so I couldn't even do that. I was like, why? But it, she later—it it turned out later that she was cheating on me, and my point is, if someone is constantly, constantly berating you for cheating, I ain't no snitch. You you put it together. So anyway, another thing that was um funny to me was— Ladies, y'all gotta y'all gotta help me understand this whole block thing with y'all, cause I feel like it's for some women, it's like a game. Like they'll they block you, but it's not necessarily to block you. And I learned that one day. Back in the day, I remember I got in an argument with my ex about something, and I called her like twice. She didn't answer the phone, and for me, that was like, all right, I'm gonna try one more time. And the third time is the charm. And when I called on the third time, I realized I was blocked. So she blocked me so i stopped trying to call what i'm gonna keep calling for i'm blocked and then she called me like a couple hours later and she was like wow i was like what i do (laughs) and she was like you're not even trying to call me you're not even trying to do nothing and i was like yo you you literally blocked me you made it to where there was nothing i can do no that's not what i did i'm like what are you talking about and what she said was no dummy either dummy or stupid i was one of those that day i can't remember but blocking you doesn't mean stop calling me it means find another way i was like wait okay so it's like a roadblock like if i'm if i'm on the gps and i'm this route my normal route is blocked. i'm supposed to yo reroute and she's like yes now you get it and i'm like wait that's the dumbest shit I never heard in my life. Um, so you blocking me was to just try to get me to call you more? Yes. She's like, this is why. This is why I with you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> but so I don't, I don't even know what that has to do, honestly, with helping you in your relationship. I just thought it was a funny story y'all would want to hear. Now, at the end of the day, this is what's important about relationships. You got to be with somebody that's not afraid to hurt other people's feelings to protect yours. Boom i think that's it find you somebody who don't give a damn about anybody else's feelings when it comes to protecting yours because they fully about you it may sound crazy but it's one of the most simple things in the world and i promise you it'll be a person that'll always keep your interest first now let's get to the moments of the week so i'm back in the studio now right and uh, <laughs> a lot of people who are not artists have this uh, idea that when you go to the studio it's always just filled with ton of people and women and drugs and all kind of and the studio is typically not like that at least in my experiences i'm sure it isn't some not in mine but i do wonder I, i thought this to myself rappers always have songs like no new friends i don't rock with nobody ain't nobody your bro nobody really got your back and didn't it be like 400 dudes behind them in every video? Like literally as they're saying this. And I was always confused by this. <laughs> like fam, you know I mean no one has your back? There's 30 people behind you. Like why are they there then? I am i don't understand it. <laughs> it, it. It goes back to what I was saying about friends earlier. Like the people who talk bad about you behind your back. Why are they your friend? <laughs> Just don't be the person's friend. If you don't like them, I will never understand it. I would never get it. If they not your bros, then why they there? And they be behind him just dancing the whole time too. We not his bro. We not his bro. I don't I don't understand it. Most reflective moment of the week. I was listening to this random playlist the other day. And Chingy came on. I like the way you do that right there. And he said, give me what you got for a poke chop. And it hit me in that moment. I can't believe no one canceled him for this. Like, y'all let Chingy get away with give me what you got for a pork chop? No, Chingy, I won't. Who's giving someone everything they have for a pork chop? It's not wings. I'm not, there's no way I'm doing that. I, I just can't believe y'all let Chingy get away with that. Yo, there was things rapping said back in the day. I think I'm gonna do that next week. There's been a lot of music I've listened to recently where I'm like, I can't believe people let you get away with saying that. For a pork
0: chop, fam?
1: you do going go find some wings? All right, man. Um, Lowest moment of the week. You ever been like in a situation where you was going through it with your boo or something like that, and you you was waiting for them to text you? You was sitting there literally waiting on a text? Anybody ever go through that? Like you, every time your phone light up, you get excited, and you see, oh, it's just my mom. <laughs> you don't even be happy to see your mom is texting you. That is nasty, too. When you don't be happy, you just want to get the text from that one person. That's it. Right, you don't care in that moment, anybody in the world could text you. You're not happy, it don't matter who it is, it could be your mom, your best friend. Jesus might even text you in that moment. You'd be like, Yo, not right now, fam. And you already know, <laughs> you don't care who texts you in that moment if it's not the person you waiting to text you. And that's a nasty moment when you have to admit to yourself that you're not excited to get a text from your best friend or your mom. And I'm not talking about me. I've never I've never done any nastiness like that. I'm talking about you. I know you've been through it. Now, um, let's get to the celebrity moment of the week. So this week I'm gonna do Ja Rule. No rhyme or reason. Just because I've had a few moments with Ja. And so for those who may not know, this is gonna tie into uh how I'm ending the podcast with debuting my first single that has available on all platforms, which is a big deal for me. But when I first started with music, music was everything for me. I don't even know if I really ever truly dove into how important music was for me, especially around the time I I came out of college. I mean, all I did was write. Rapping started very early for me. When I was in high school, my man L.B., who is my best friend to this day, he's so much of a best friend that I'd never call him a best friend. I always call him a brother. But he uh, he used to write and he got me to writing and he used to motivate me to rap and we used to rap in his little garage that was a thing like we would we had a little karaoke machine back there and we would rap and he heard me rap a couple times and he was like nah this is a little different bro like you you nice nice and back then I was kind of like ah you know I'm alright but I didn't realize what I really had and that led to um him take us going from school to school and I was battling everybody in the state and when I started beating everybody i started somewhat making a name for myself and then i did this rap competition in new york where i battled like i think six or seven people i became the champion and then i battled this dude named Sirius jones who is a, a pretty popular battle rapper now i won that battle too and <laughs> he wasn't that serious for me if i'm being honest with y'all but um so then that led to uh one of my favorite stories which is when and one basketball was a the thing they were touring and they were in Colorado at the Pepsi Center which I think holds about 16,000 or something like that and we were in this arena and it just so happens that the uh, rapper Benzino was hosting a competition at the time and my dude LB he uh, he's so much of a amazing friend that this like this is a true story we got there And I didn't realize that this competition was going on I didn't even know what was happening I was actually showing up to go to the game And we got there And they had a stage set up Like in the actual lobby Of the arena And dudes were just up there rapping And we kind of both walked in and we saw the crowd It was like a movie And he was like yo you know you got to do this right And I was like fam I'm I'm not going to lie to y'all At the time I told him I didn't want to do it Because I was above it Who, I wasn't no one knew who I was I was just scared I was mad nervous I was like yo I'm nice in your Garage I'm not nice in front of 16,000 people fam and He's like nah trust me you gotta do This and I didn't want to do it and I uh, This let this be a lesson to anyone Out there who sometimes doubts themselves Or doesn't think that they're good enough or you don't Belong at the table or whatever the case is I ran I told him yo I have to go to the bathroom I'll be right back and in my mind I was going to spend so much time in the bathroom that I never like by the time I got back, the competition would be over. That's what I was thinking. And I spent however much time I spent in the bathroom. It was a ridiculous amount of time. I don't remember what it was. And I came out and when I came out of the bathroom, not only was the competition not over, this dude was on the stage. Now, LB rapped, but he knew he wasn't like that guy with lyrics that he was going to get up there and just battle people. He didn't even do it for that. He had enough courage to get up there and just do it anyway so in my mind i'm walking back from the bathroom and i see him on the stage and i'm like what the hell is going on so then i see benzino kind of hand him the mic like all right man what you got and he raps and then the other dude raps and then he loses and then the dude is like yo man thanks for trying and he's like yo i just want to say one thing and then benzino was like all right so he gives him the mic And then LB goes, I didn't get up here because I think I'm a dope rapper. I didn't even get up here because I think I could win. Because they were taking volunteers at this time. He was like, I got up here because I got a brother in this arena right now that will beat anybody in here or anybody anywhere. And I guarantee you if he comes up here and raps, he'll win. And Benzino is like, well, where is he? And then my tall ass is now in a position where I can't hide anymore. (laughs) Because for some reason, everybody that's in this little crowd that I'm around is 5'11". So I'm like, okay. And he sees me, spots me. And he's like, he's right there. So now it's people that's from my high school that's like, Mo! Now I'm like, all right. And I promise y'all, the crowd like, oh, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, all right. So I, at that point, I don't have no choice. So I get up there and I battle the guy that just beat my man. Crush him. They put another dude up there crush him they put another dude up there crush him so now they're like all right you're gonna actually battle at halftime in on the court in front of everybody so i'm like what so i start calling everybody i know y'all gotta come to the arena i made it so i'm down there at the dj booth and I'm waiting for halftime. To, th- to this day, I don't remember anything about the first half of that game. I didn't even see it. I was so in my mind about what I was about to rhyme because I didn't know how many rounds I was going to have to go. I didn't know who I was battling. I didn't know anything. I just knew like I had to win because there's a lot of people in this arena. And my parents are there. It was still to this day one of the greatest days of my life. I go out there, center court. They call, announce my name. I've never been in front of this many people performing in my life. I don't, think, I don't think a lot of people have, man. This is different. It's an NBA arena. And they make me battle this dude from Harlem. Now, what I didn't know, this same guy had been going around from state to state and beating people. They were pretending as if they were going to give you all of these prizes that they weren't actually going to get you because no one ever won. This dude was a professional rapper. He was beating everybody. I didn't know that at the time. So I go out there, center court, and they make us go one round. I beat them. They make us go another round. I beat them. They make us go a third round. Now, they said in the beginning we were only going to go three rounds. I beat them again. And when they said, what do y'all think of Mo?" so far? Arena goes crazy. Now, again, in my mind, this is over. I'm relaxing. They're like, no, we got to do a couple more rounds. I didn't know what was going on. I just went with it. They do another round. That's when I started to realize that this dude's material was rehearsed. Cause he just got material 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 i'm literally rapping off the top of my head the fourth round we probably was like kind of even the fifth round he definitely beat me and it seemed like they wanted that they stopped after that because the momentum was like all right he got him so even though the arena erupted more for me and I, they announced me the winner they brought me backstage and made me all of these promises that they never carried out on so that's why you may not remember if you go back and listen to benzino on the Burt show back when he called up to wish me well that's where that story originated and then that's when music became my lifeline that day i couldn't even get out of the arena my my dad had his chest out he became my bodyguard i mean it was insane that day and i kind of got a little bit of a taste of where my talent and my gifts could take me and i was i was motivated and that's when I, i went really hard with music um i was the guy always rapping I don't remember what movie it was It might have been Paper Soldiers with Kevin Hart It might have been State Property But there was a movie where uh, Memphis Bleak If you don't know what that is That is Jay-Z's, like, one of his best friends But he was always rapping Like, they would just be like, yo... What's for breakfast? Yo, when I step in the spot Like fam, you can just say it Like I was that guy I was just rapping, 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 rapping And most of the people who knew me back then They'll tell you my, I was so invested in music That I think it was very hard for them to believe That I went such a long period of time Not doing music at all But I lost my drive at some point But before that I got picked up to write rhymes at Murder Inc. Studios, which was called The Crack House. This is back when Ja Rule was dope, Ashanti was dope, Lloyd was dope, Murder Inc. was popping, Irv Gotti, the whole crew. And I was in that studio nightly, literally, I mean, for, from however long I could be in there. If I had to be in there at 3, 4 in the morning, I was in there writing songs for myself or whoever needed a song. I was just trying to make it. I was doing my thing. I, had to, I slept in there if I had to. And I remember it was just kind of ironic that my first two experiences with Ja Rule being around just weren't really good experiences. The first one, I talked about it on my quarantine stories on my Instagram page. If you haven't watched it, watch it. But basically... I brought one of my good friends around the studio because he was he was a good artist and I felt like he could help me accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in there. And it just so happens that in the thick of the beef, which would have been at any point within the last pretty much 30 years, <laughs> of when Ja Rule and 50 Cent were at it, um, my guy just happened to have a 50 Cent ringtone. Didn't mean anything by it, just had it. No one thought anything of it until we were all in a room together and the ringtone goes off and it's a bunch of dudes in there it's quiet as hell and all of a sudden you just hear Unit. bro we in here and and like you could literally feel the tension in the room like who brought this guy and i'm looking at them like i don't know not me but um it didn't turn out to be nothing but it was something like at the same time and that jaru was in that room and i i don't know if he like how he truly felt about that the next time i saw Ja, uh we were we me and the same guy actually are in the elevator and we're going up to the studio and as the door is beginning to close jaru walks into the building and i promise y'all i saw my guy hit the button he hit the i said yo that's Ja. he hit the button door open it didn't work for whatever reason it didn't work and i looked at jaw he looked at me we caught eye contact and it looked like I just let the door close <laughs> because I wasn't like the door closed so fast that I wasn't about to put my hand out there. I just wasn't doing it. Like, I mm. the door closes in Ja Rule's face and it looks like I just watched it happen. So we get up to the studio, Ja walks in and then before I can say anything, my guy is like, yo, Ja, oh, my God, it was an accident, dude. Didn't mean for that to happen. So sorry, man. Would never do that. Oh, my God. Hey, yo, fan shut up. Like, you, that's too much that's too much now you look like we did it on purpose you like yeah it's cool and i'm like oh all right but then he kept walking like like didn't it wasn't no five no nothing he was social distancing way before corona was a thing so i was like all right Ja hates me Ja officially hates me and i understand like it's 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 like i can't even go up to him and be like yo don't hate me because no i get it like i would hate me too and then the third time i happened to be around Ja was um I, I recorded i recorded this song and I had some kind of bar in the song where I said something about these old rappers that won't move they in the way or something like that and when I wrote it it wasn't at all like intended for Jaru or anybody it just was a I don't even know why I said that bar honestly but I did and the uh one of the engineers came in and he was like yo this is this is dope this is you and I'm like yeah. And he's like, oh, you rap rap? And I'm like, yeah, I get busy, man. I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all not listening. And then um, he was like, oh, now I got to get Ja. So I get hyped. I'm like, oh, he finally gonna go get Ja to listen to my joint because he hadn't heard anything I'd done. And then Ja walks in and he starts listening. And the first like maybe six or eight bars, I'm killing it. So I could see Ja making like the nasty face, like the, oh, this kid is nasty. And then I, did, I said something about, yo, old rap is in the way, need to move. I might even use the word "rule" in it or something. I just—I don't even know what. But I just remember Jai going, "Yeah, all right, this is cool," and it just walked out. And I was like, "That's it, man. I just struck out. That's that's strike three. Like, is Jai's never gonna like me ever in life, and and that's okay. That's I earned it by accident. And no lie, the fourth time I saw Ja rule. Uh, we were in the big studio, which at that time was a big deal because you kind of had to make your way to the big studio. So I finally made my way into the big studio. And I'm sitting there with Ja and his engineer, Buck. And Buck leaves. And it's just me and Ja. And it's and he looks up and he realizes that it's just me and him. And I know that it's just me and him. And then he kind of goes back into his like notepad or whatever he's he's writing. And in my mind, I was like, this is the moment. This is it this is gift wrapped for you you have to fix this you can ask jai any question you have and i (laughs) choked i ain't gonna lie to y'all i thought to myself nah after the last three incidents we had what am i gonna say right now that's not gonna come off like i just couldn't do it i couldn't do it all i wanted to do was, was like just talk to the man ask him for some advice but I was young. I mean, I, I I was still in this era of there are stars and then there's the rest of us. And I just, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't say anything. I literally did not say a word. I think that was probably the longest five minutes ever because I sat there for that five minutes feeling like I felt like a punk. I did. I felt like I felt soft, but I didn't, I didn't want to say something and be like, don't talk to me, Duke. And I'm like, all right, my bad. Like. I don't know if I'd have ever been the same. I don't know how I would have recovered if John would have said something crazy to me. I'd have said something back crazy back, you know, I, I don't know where that's going to go. So I just didn't say anything. And I don't know what that moment could have been had I just said something. But I never said anything. And we never really had any kind of um conversation, ironically. I was probably around him more than 20 times from going to that studio day in and day out. And I and and those are the only like real four experiences I've had. They've all been from a distance. And I think to this day, like if Ja saw me, he probably would be like, I know you from somewhere and I don't know where, but I don't like you. And so I would I guess I would say my experience with Ja Rule wasn't the greatest. But Ja's still my guy. I'm not mad at him. It's just that those were my experiences. But shout out to BJ, Irv Gotti, and the rest of the Merdian crew. They were uh that was a great great run for me that was a good moment in life to be around that kind of greatness and just to feel that kind of energy and i mean i created some incredible music in that studio and it inspired me so it was it was um it was a sad time when i was no longer inspired by my music to be honest and i don't nothing specific happened for it for me to get there i just i found comedy and it was just more suited for me it it felt more natural um it just kind of felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing at the time that I was doing it. And it was opening so many doors for me so quickly, which music had never done, that I kind of just put music in my rear view and kept pushing. And for a while, I tried to get that, uh, that feeling back, and it just, wouldn't, it just wouldn't be there. You know, I would sit there and try to write a song for a month, and I couldn't do it. And the old me would have a song done in two hours at max i have a verse done in 20 minutes like i it was easy for me it was it, it was never hard and i think that's why i loved it and i think that's why most of us love the things that we are passionate about and we have gifts for because it's not hard it's just you just love it and um i lost that at some point point. and as life would have it my guy case money who uh people would become familiar with eventually because he's incredible he 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 has gifts when it comes to music, and I admire his work. I think it's important to know this before you hear this song, but the journey that we have had is orchestrated. It's just not by accident. It's, it's by design, and it's pretty obvious. And I think a lot of people kind of come to a point sometime. You reach a day in your life when you're like, oh, I might not actually even be driving this thing. <laughs> like, I might actually be the passenger in my own life and that's okay because god got me or whoever you believe has you but it's it's wild how things happen sometimes at the time when i when i was doing music around those murder ink times i didn't work with practically anyone i didn't want to it wasn't really my thing i was doing battle rap i was making a lot of music i was kind of in that tupac realm of having like 300 songs ready to go at any time and I didn't really work with people too often. And one of my uh one of my best friends, guy named Coase, he uh he, he was my college roommate, and we just we just been friends ever since. He kept telling me about this guy he knows, uh named Case who does music. And I was kinda, you know, like, all right, it's cool. I was kinda pushing him off. Like, all right, it's cool, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do music, man. That's awesome. <laughs> He's like, Nah, man, you gotta trust me, man. I'm telling you, you got something, he got something. If y'all work together, it will be crazy. And I'm like, Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And um I didn't really have intentions of actually doing it, but one day we did. One day we did a song together, and it was enough initially for me to know, okay, this is, this is different. Like, I liked the song. It was easy. We worked well together. Yeah, I'd do it again. I, that happened, I believe, in either Northern Virginia or DC, one or the other. And I ended up having to go back to New York because he lived out there. And that was that. I said to myself, if he ever wanted to work together again, we would. And then randomly, out of nowhere, In New York, I happened to see him in the subway, which you rarely run into people, you know, in a subway in New York. And he was getting on the train again, like a movie. And he gets on the train and I recognize him. He recognizes me. And now the train is pulling off. So I can't really talk to him. But we kind of motion to each other like, yo, call me. Yo, I bet. So I, I think he hit me up and. It was the wildest thing about it was he lived around the corner. This dude had moved to New York and not only moved to New York, moved to Brooklyn. Not only moved to Brooklyn, literally lived around the corner from me. So immediately we just started kicking it. And not only we, we, we just started kicking it and he brought things out and we became friends and we, and he had, he had his set up in his crib and we started making music together. And he had a way of getting me to be a lot more vulnerable in my music than I'd ever really been before. And I had another good friend who back then used to always say, when you learn to like just be vulnerable in your music and just kind of let it go, like truly get lost in it, you're going to be a beast. And I didn't know what he meant by that. I used to be so lost by that. Like, I feel like I'm doing that now. And he used to always say, no, you're not doing it. You'll know when you're doing it. He was right. Um, And I really don't think I started doing it until recently. But throughout the years, I started looking for it. And I think that when I met Case and he started pulling that out of me, it was happening, slowly but surely. And he has an element of music that I just feel like I don't have. And I think it's vice versa. And we just yin and yang it. We just work very well together. It's very easy. It's not forced. And somehow... We're able to put this together and we just started making a whole lot of music together i was walking in his crib all of the time three four in the morning in a hood hood too (laughs) so it was it i never knew if when i walked to his house to make a song if it was the last song we was gonna make so every song had to be fire like that was the mentality because we that man had me walking in a hood and we we definitely developed something and we made incredible music together and then life happened You know he went on to have a family i went on to pursue my dreams and we we always kept in touch but we stopped making music for a very long time and at that time i was going through a lot a whole lot like i don't think he'll ever realize how much he was really there for me in that time and how much and how much the music and the conversations and the going out the times we did it did a lot for me and now you fast forward 10 years or whatever it's been as soon as i'm going through similar things nothing nearly as bad as then but similar It's like it comes full circle He hits me like yo I'm in Atlanta We start making music again And we pick up right where we left off It was as if nothing ever happened And anybody that's an artist I'll tell you That's rare You don't just find that with anybody That's not something you just kind of can do with anyone It doesn't really work like that So I am proud of What we've been able to accomplish together, uh, the fact that we can both put our egos aside and go in there and have a friendly competition and truly sharpen each other and make each other better at the end of the day, I think it's better for the music. I think that's why the people enjoy our music. And I am excited about this journey that we are starting on now and the fact that we are back to making music. And this... This is a party, man. It's a celebration because not only is 1901 back, not only am I back to making music, not only is all of my friends and family who have been, like, telling me all these years, you got to get back, you got to get back. I mean, this is the first time I've been available on all platforms. I've had an actual single available on all major platforms And I'm excited about it It's a thing It's called Hit My Line Uh, It's by 1901 You can find it on 1901 Hit My Line on Spotify You can find it from Mo Mitch Hit My Line On every platform Download it, listen to it, enjoy it And um, let the last hour be a lesson to you If you're in a dark time I talked about when I've been in those times I've talked about where they've taken me And I've talked about being in one now And where this one is going to take me And all in all the darkest of times I ever had I had my music I lost my music I got it right back And now I'm so excited To not only be back into music But to present my very first song That has ever been available on all major platforms Hit my line Enjoy this sample And then get your ass off this podcast And go download my new song I love y'all it's 1901 one. I just want the truth in everything you say Pain inside my heart that you can't take away I really ain't concerned with the haters Nigga, life is what you make it Ain't really nobody else to blame I'm sliding here first in the second base I'm 10 games back in the month of May Who would have thought all the struggle that I'd have overcame To get that ring, ice my chain, ice the cane, switch my lane Yeah, I've been on my focus trying to get it Removed all of the people that was acidic from my life If there really is a car please guide me through these nights If you really was my dog, I hope you help me find the lights It don't matter how lost you are, my nigga, this for life I never let you fall or be forgot to the end of time No question in the of the situation by your side if you need me my line.
0: Yeah. At Carphone Warehouse, we've got the best deals in town. Get massive savings on bill pay with brands like Samsung, iPhone, Huawei and Google Pixel. Shop our range of smartwatches, fitness trackers, wireless headphones and phone accessories. And we've got unbelievable prices on SIM-free and pre-pay phones. Shop online at carphonewarehouse.ie. At Carphone Warehouse, we've got the best deals in town. Get massive savings on bill pay with brands like Samsung, iPhone, Huawei, and Google Pixel. Shop our range of smart watches, fitness trackers, wireless headphones, and phone accessories. And we've got unbelievable prices on SIM-free and pre-pay phones. Shop online at carphonewarehouse.ie. If you need me, hit my line.
1: Yeah. If you need me, hit my... Whether it's your first step on the property ladder or your first place with stairs, from new builds to rebuilds,
0: a new home is one of life's biggest moments and we all know life doesn't always go to plan. That's why at Bank of Ireland, our personalised mortgages can change if your life changes. When you're ready to make a move, we're ready to make it with you. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Mortgage approval subject to assessment of suitability
1: and affordability. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Sky Sale is now on. And who doesn't need a pick-me-up at this time of year? So get award-winning Sky TV and our best ever Wi-Fi with ultra-fast broadband together from just €50 a month for 12 months. Well, that's nice. That's a feel-good saving from us. So save big on the Sky Sale. Search Sky 50 today. New Sky customers only. Availability subject to location, minimum term, and further terms apply. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds.
0: At Carphone Warehouse, we've got the best deals in town. Get massive savings on bill pay with brands like Samsung, iPhone, Huawei, and Google Pixel. Shop our range of smartwatches, fitness trackers, wireless headphones, and phone accessories. And we've got unbelievable prices on SIM-free and prepay phones. Shop online at carphonewarehouse.ie.